You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line at 678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hey, listen. Every time I heard the word Atreus, I kept thinking of Atreyu from Neverending Story. I kept thinking of the word Atrium. I wanted to call him Atreus. That's okay. But it's Atreus. That's interesting. I kept like the only thing I remember from Neverending Story perennially, other than that flying dragon, is the dragon dog is uh, Falcor is uh, the drowning horse. Horse, right? Yeah, right. of course. Like that was a really scarring thing. In What's childhood. his name? It's the Swamp of Sadness. Uh, well, Trey is the name of the kid, right? I know, but he's shouting. Uh, I don't know. No, S- no sadness horse. No shadow facts. Sh- it's not <laughs> that. <laughs> it's not that. Yeah, I don't remember what don't his name is. Don't drown, you stupid right. horse. Why are you so sad, horse? You ugly horse. Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a real toxic relationship. This is one upsmanship. Sure is. I'm Michael Swain, and I'm Adam Ganser. And there's no guests. We don't always need a guest. Mm-mm. Screw it. No, there's actually a line of guests, and I'm saying no to all of them right now. I turn their mic off, but they're talking throughout. <laughs> Shut up, you guys. Yeah, what's it's, that Deej from Bungie? That's Sorry, right. I'm not interested in your opinions, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Unreal guy? Chucky B? Oof, I don't know. Blizzy? You're out on a limb now. I don't know. Blizzy Chucky B? <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. All right, we're talking about God of War 4. We sure are. Which is... The hottest, freshest game on the PS4, at least. I think it's yeah, it's the tri- it's the newest AAA. Do you think they missed an opportunity to put a four instead of an A in God of War? No, like the fan four stick. No, no. I think they missed an opportunity not to call it Wad of Gore <laughs> or Dad of Boy or yeah. Dad of Boy. Sure, Boy, Boy. I'm your dad. I don't think I've ever heard that word said in my entire life more than it was said in that game. Even though your nickname boy. was Wheat Boy Wood? <laughs> boy, you love that so you much. Did, hey, you it's just said boy thing. again. <laughs> boy. 
It's your favorite thing. Uh, uh, should we get into the speed run? We really should. Well, do you want to do it? We got to pass a checkpoint first, and then, yeah, I can take it on. I love that. You want to start the clock then? I'm going to start it right now. It's a Felix the Cat clock. Oh, God, the eyes are going back and That's forth right. in an unsettling fashion. I better rigidly. hurry the fuck up. God of War 4 is the second installment. In, fuck, I fucked up already. The fourth installment in the God of War franchise. Um, God of War, I would describe basically as a third-person action-adventure game based on mythology, up to this point based on Greek mythology for the first three. It was basically a continuous story trilogy that uh, followed a perfectly white, porcelain-skinned uh, god of war who made a deal with Zeus and, and not Ares, but a new god of war who's basically our Forrest Gump of this universe. A Spartan, yes. He's the one character, yeah, the ghost of Sparta, Kratos. The first three games followed him essentially killing every other single god for various flimsy reasons based mainly on the pretext that in this game... You want to fight giant things. That's the appeal. So you're yeah. going to kill the gods. Yeah. So you kill all the gods with the help of Gaia. Then you betray Gaia and kill her. And when that uh, pantheon is basically fully depopulated or degodulated, they decided, what the fuck are we going to do? Send him to a new pantheon. So personally, I can't wait for God of War Christianity edition. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious thing to do. <laughs> it's like, right. Press X to decapitate Jehovah. And you're like, <laughs> I feel weird about this now. Do I have to do this? It's not as fun when it's my culture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going uh, through Norse mythology and killing all those motherfuckers because fuck them. I guess so. Well, we're playing as this guy and this guy hates them. So we hate them. Um, you wander around fighting stuff from a third person vantage point. This, as many fourth installments and franchises do, introduces a helpful AI, much like Bioshock Infinite. Sure did. In this time, it's this time it's your son, a- a- Atreus. 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 Or as he's known in this game, boy. Boy. And uh, you go around doing stuff. I think we'll actually unpack the plot more than in just the speed run. But the other half I should mention is puzzles. You push blocks around and solve puzzles. That's yes. it. Stop yeah. the clock. Mm, pretty good run. Pretty good. I think that was not so bad. No uh, plot elements, really, for four, but we'll get I mean, into that. Well, th- there are some. Uh, it's a very plot-driven game, so I think the plot will come up. It's a plot-driven game in as much as it's all driven by a plot. I, But it's not yeah. a plot-driven game in as much as... Like, yeah, differentiate from something else. It's not else. a plot-driven game in as much as most of what you do is dramatically meaningful. That's a thing that I want to talk about in my rant which i'm assuming will start right after we pass this checkpoint yeah player one rant begins yeah so i think this game's kind of boring um i know everyone like already gasped because this thing received a 94 on metacritic which is almost as high as it gets on that scale um everybody that i know like fucking came all over all their various underpants about this game and i played it a little later because of the hyperbole in praising it and i found it to be kind of boring Um, I found the puzzles to be pretty monotonous and frustrating. Um, I found the combat, while fun and varied, to be ultimately fairly repetitive. Um, And I've played at least two other Gods of War. This game is very different than those games in many ways. It's different in that it's not, there are no quick time events. You're killing smaller things. I think that actually kind of matters. This is very weird to interject, but I just want to interject. Sure. I think the camera distance. Yes, 
big part changes of it. the experience entirely. Big time. They alter I, the camera distance significantly. And the way the camera works. Like yeah. this time the camera plays a little more in the Gears of War vein. Like that's kind of the distance. Like if you had played the first three, when you loaded four, you felt like you were way too crowded to work. You were yes. like, how am I going to fight with the camera so That close? is correct. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it didn't feel as much like a hack and slasher for that reason. Yeah. Um, it had a different feeling to it. And I think Gears of War is actually the right touchstone because Gear, Gears of War is different than God of War in that it's not it, it's not as much an orgiastic sort of like, isn't it fun to be this fucking over the top? Like it's a little bit more of a takes itself seriously toned game somehow. I and guess this, for dudes wearing skull bandanas with I know. like double wide muscles. I know, but, but that's what this game dared us to think sure. with a man who's painted red for no motherfucking reason and <laughs> bald saw, but grows a beard. And I assume thing. that was a weird birthmark. I don't think, I think it's, I, I'm sure it goes back to the lore somewhere that I just don't. Yeah. But like this game dared to be a very serious game when the previous entries in this franchise were very much not that. Like, the, the previous entries were clearly like popcorn, like an action movie in the, like in the loosest sense of that word, right? Like, that's the vibe. This one was like, no, we're going to make this like a real drama. And that's a ballsy move, and I liked that because I particularly gravitate toward that tone more, but I don't like it in this game as much because it limits the kind of fun you're allowed to have. And God of War is supposed to be in the same thematic like zone as Grand Theft Auto, as like those kinds of like let's let people run out and fucking murder gods and be a crazy maniac. This game's like, what if it mattered that you did that? And what if you had to be a father to a child and you're bad at it? And what if we restrained the sort of murder so that it was a little more palatable and understandable? And it's like, well, then why is this still God of War? That's my question. I think that's what I left with this. I still think it's a fun game. I had a good time playing it. I'm not going to finish the open world stuff. We can talk about that. It was weird to me they decided to invent world open world stuff to this game because we super don't need it. Um, yeah, I think that's my rant. I think it's, uh, what's the name of the fire world? Mifflheim? Mal- Who knows? Can you, do you know any of these names? Yeah. Like, I did not. I know, well, the Midgard's the center. Let's see how mm-hmm. I do. Niflheim is the mist world. Alfheim is one of is them. the light elf world. J- Jotunheim. 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 The final, it's the land of the giants where the game ends. That you have to go through various Yeah, other and then there's a, one that starts with M and ends with Heim. That okay. is... Uh, the that's basically just a sequence of increasing boss fights. That's additional content essentially. Oh, okay. See, I haven't even gone to the additional world. Mortalheim or Mordenheim or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my rant is, I think you're depicting them as totally further apart than they are. Interesting. Because I thought the first three were taking themselves very seriously, and I thought they were sometimes weak because of that because a lot of times i wanted to shake kratos and be like have you not learned yet that vengeance like if you if you seek vengeance dig two graves in the sense that all he wants to do is kill zeus because zeus made him kill his family he kills eight gods on the way to fighting zeus every time it, it leaves him feeling empty and nothing good comes of it right and then he's still like well i may as well kill zeus and he kills, of course, because it's a god, like he'll kill Iphigenia or whatever, the god of spring, and it'll be like, okay, there's no more spring now in the world. Like, as a result of you getting cool, your vengeance, yeah. people don't get spring anymore ever again. And it's like... At least in Greece. 
I, well, right. I mean, I assumed it was the world until they introduced right. the idea that I guess now there's regions. Mount Olympus only has thrall over that region. Right. But what at regardless, you just want to ask Kratos, do you have no semblance of con- like, do you not understand? Does it not even weigh on you that you've robbed spring from millions of people in seeking vengeance for three people or two people you accidentally killed? Right. Um, so I found that I, fa- I took those as plot weaknesses or character weaknesses, but I felt that the game wanted me to take it seriously. Like, I don't remember any jokes or I don't remember Kratos doing any one liners after killing someone that John Claude Van Damme would do. True. And because of that, I think the best thing about four is the fact that they decided to finally say like, okay, he feels guilty. This is weighing on him. I've been fucking waiting for that to happen in this story. Wow. Really? And I think you've it, been, you wanted that from this story. Yes, because okay. I want messages. I mean, you know, like we've talked about yeah, with yeah, Call yeah. of Duty, uh, yeah. World War II, like I don't always need uplifting messages. I'm really excited to see the new Lars von Trier movie, and I'm sure it will have a very negative message. Yeah. And I'll mull it over and I'll find it interesting. But I'm on the whole a fan of stories that seem to be going out into the world to entertain. And if they have an impact at all, I would hope it's positive or somehow unifying sure. or at least true. Like it can say something negative, but if it depicts something negative, that's true. I'm like, at least you're warning people life is yeah. hard and this will happen to yeah. you. There's a positivity to that. And I feel like God of war is finally like, let's stop fucking around. And I wish GTA did this. If you killed a million people, it wouldn't all be fun and games. It would be fucking depressing. And in God of War 4, he finally feels depressed about all the fucking people he's killed. And I appreciated that. As far as the combat goes, this game is such a step up, I think, in combat and story from the first three. Definitely. That I was blown away. My only major complaint with it is the length. It feels crazily short to me, including the idea, like, if I go to a movie and they promise something in scene one and it doesn't happen, I'm like, what the fuck was that about? There are three realms in Midgard that it just says, Odin won't let you go here yet. And you're like, okay, I'm sure I'll unlock those. Nope, they're for the sequels. Fuck that. Literally, like, fuck that. Other than that... Are they really for the sequels? Is that true? I thought they were just for expanded content. No, well, maybe they're for DLCs. But I mean, they don't... My, My point is, if something's on the overworld... It should be available in the game you purchase. Of course. The DLC should add the door to yes. the overworld. In this game, there are three doors that you can never go in until the DLCs come out. Boy, oh boy. And, the, and you can see the doors throughout the whole game. So you're like, I'm sure I'll get to go in there. And then you don't. And you're like, how can the game be over? There's three more levels I haven't been to. Well, it's just over. There's nothing left to do. Mm. Um, so my main complaint is with the length. As that's my complaint with the game and this rant. So I'll wrap it up by saying, because it's such a step up from the first three games, I was equally blown away and came off this game thinking this is like the best game that I've played in a long time. Wow. After Adam, after we pre-talked for this episode. Which we I, normally don't do. And Adam said, I found the puzzles kind of boring and wrote. I immediately went, you know, I completely forgave it how shit the puzzles are. And if I factor in the fact that 50% of it is puzzles where all you have to do is figure out which is the right way to point the camera so you can go over there and press the thing, it does take the shine off. 
It's and they're so also, you've all, you may have pre won this episode of One Upsmanship, and that's my rant. They're also not sorry. We should hit a we should hit a checkpoint before I say more, right? Yeah, <laughs> checkpoint. Oh man, I wish we had kung, kung fu punches for all of our checkpoints. That'd I wish so we had kung fu punches to dispense in our lives. I do too. Just use them on various people. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full time by world renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in season three? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events. Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress. <laughs> <laughs> to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're not on fire, it's like opening the door of an oven. And it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back it's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're Where all their energy focused goes. on. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Game on. I so man, you said a lot of interesting things. Uh, 
I don't think this game needs to be open world. I, I that's like I know everyone's like why because I don't or like why not because now everything is open world to the we talked about in the Breath of the Wild episode yes how how can any game not be open world now that we have this are you no 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 off how that? can any I never said that I said how could any game not have climbing how could any open world game not have climbing I will say in this game it's frequently hilarious how you're like. I have to get to that thing glowing there. Exactly. In between me and that thing is a small rock. That you can't climb over. I'm a god. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, like, this this experience is, even if it's open world, I'm going to put that in quotes, it's still very guided and gated. It's You don't have a lot of mobility with this character. I'd call it an interconnected set of board games. Correct. And each board is its own separate little thing. And that's why, well, then why am I running around in this? Like, if, if this character supposedly regrets what he did, which I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that, uh, that uh, Kratos regrets what he did. I think Kratos regrets... No, he still hates gods. You're yeah, right. he's, I mean, he's a functional atheist. I, but you know what I mean? Like, that's what he is. What like, I was getting at with the positive message thing is just that I think if someone is, lives their entire life through wanton bloodshed, I like that they at one point realize that that's made their life worse because I do believe that on the whole that's true about life. Like murdering someone takes a toll on you as well. And I didn't like that the first three don't depict that at all and I like that the fourth one does. I'm not saying he regrets what he did, but he lives as a haunted man because of what he did. They depict violence as taking a toll on him. And see, I'm not sure if that's what's haunting him. Like to me, when I look at this story, I think what's haunting him is that he decided to have a child when he is against the pro- the premise of having gods. Like, Kratos is against gods. He does not want gods to exist. That's his justification for slaughtering everyone in the first three exactly. games. And this one, too. It's frankly but like he- weak, but all he has to go on is the philosophical idea that for man to be free, there can't be anything above them. Gods are arrogant, yeah. so we have to slaughter and, them all. And he's right about the Greek pantheon. He's totally right about that. Like, the Greek pantheon is, from the mythology... A vengeful, fickle series of gods. Socrates made this point. And maybe it's the hippie in me, but then when he fucking kills Gaia, Mother Earth. Yeah, why would you do that? Why would he do that? Well, see, that's 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 why I don't think that God of War was ever intended to be a series that has dick. I know. Also, by the way, if anyone remembers the part where you kill Hephaestus, there's no reason to kill him and you don't have to, and he's done nothing but help you and moan to you about how his heart is broken because his child died. And you're like, oh, fucking kill this guy. I'm going to kill this guy because he bores me or bothers me. (laughs) Like, again, I I really firmly believe the point of this series until this game was always, isn't it cool to like prop up these like myths you've heard of and fucking rip them apart? Because it hurts, it's hurting no one. It's fun, and like you read this in school, and now fuck that. You know, like that's really the point of it. So to then try to we make get it, to like Ganesha and shit, then you're gonna have some big problems. Well, again, I don't think that this game takes <laughs> the idea go of gods being ser- like in yeah. a serious way. It didn't right. until this game, and that's why this game doesn't work to me. Like I know people are like, who gives a shit? Because like, who cares? None well, we'll talk about whether it works as a game loop as well. But, but yeah, and that and That's that I'm separate. more open to talking okay. about and like maybe giving it credit. But like as a narrative, it's like, well, first of all, why are any gods mortal just because Kratos just, like hits them? You know what I mean? Like that's a strange. Because he's a god. Gods can kill other gods. Is that true? Is that the rules? Except for Baldur, because he has this fucking. Baldur is a god as well. He was, born but he had a curse that needed to be removed, and you know, like all this other stuff. Yeah. 
Is is that the rules? It's because Kratos is a god, so he can kill other yes, gods. Yes, those are explicitly okay. the rules. And the reason that Baldur helps. is immortal is because it's a fucking weird myth. I mean, a lot of old myths are weird. Sure. Uh, Freya loved him so much. It's very similar to the Achilles myth. Freya loved him so much. She went to every the soul of every uh, atom in the universe and requested their permission, or like their fealty or an oath, that they would never harm Baldur. And they all gave oaths to her, and. You can't break an oath to the gods, like right. magically. Right. Therefore, no object or thing or living soul could ever harm Balder, except she didn't ask, uh, what is it, mistletoe? Yes. She didn't ask mistletoe to give an oath, just mistletoe. So that can hurt And him. people right. said, when someone asked why, Loki asks why in disguise in the myth, original myth. Right. And she goes, I don't know, mistletoe just seems so harmless, it didn't seem like I needed to. Like that's fool. the fucking stupidest yeah, yeah. thing I ever heard. Fool! <laughs> yeah. How can you be a god and be a fool? So in the original myth, Loki goes and kills him with mistletoe. Okay, so okay, uh, this just shows my ignorance about this subject, and I'm happy to. I love Norse mythology. Yeah, I don't love Norse mythology. I like it. I like it better that. than Greek, so I was excited about I'm that. I'm the too. other way. I think okay. Greek mythology way more significant than. I Norse think they're mythology. both awesome for the record. Yeah, yeah. I think that <laughs> Norse mythology is interesting. I think Greek mythology is way more interesting. Okay. that's why. The first three games made sense as a property to me. Uh, do we have examples in Greek mythology of gods killing each other? Because to my not mind, we don't. But I've only read the Greek myths long ago. I know we have it in Norse mythology. I know that. But do we yes, have it in Greek do. mythology? I'm trying to think what... Were they actually After the Twelve other? Labors, doesn't Hercules come to an end? Does, doesn't he die? In a myth? I think you have to be made mortal to be killed. Well, he's half. He See, that's the other thing is, in this game, they play it off like, if there's god blood in you, you're going to have superpowers. You're right. going to be a god. And who knows what they're going to be. It's like the Incredibles. But you're a full-fledged god. Whereas right. in Greek mythology, they actually broke it down to demigod and like yes. octagod. Like right. you're an eighth god, right. so you can be killed and there's these rules. Yeah. Okay. Well, this isn't really that important. They also other... dumbed down the mythology throughout this whole thing on, yes. on both Greek and And that's and really what stuff. I'm getting at is that like... But they, what are they going to do? Have a whole delay? No, nor, nor do we want that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my point is we don't want that. We want... Like the figures you know, like get them out there and then get watch Thor him, out here. watch him chop that curly beard right off Zeus. You Have know him I mean? kill Thor with his own goddamn hammer. Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> in this game, God of War four, God of four, God uh, of Gore four, <laughs> we decided Dorf on war. We made a bunch of decisions before this game even started that are really antithetical to what God of War is. One, we decided that Kratos had a child and got married. That is already baffling. Right, that's baffling. After what he did, knowing that he would create a god. That's Spoilers: baffling. Do they not reveal that she turns out to be a legendary giant? She's a giant, yeah. Who has also had some witchcraft in her. So, like, she yes, tricked she, him. She's not. No, 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 no. I'm. I'm. I do think they're trying to do the thing. I mean, they're fridging an off-screen wife, which is sad, but. Right. I do think they they want you to care and they want you to feel sad and feel Obviously. like his heart is broken. And I think the reveal that she actually was magical is supposed to make it make sense that he was attracted to her. That's what I was getting at. I think it's supposed to make sense for who we discover Atreus is. And I will. I guess we just need to say at this point, if you haven't finished God of War and not knowing the end is important mm -hmm. to you, you should wait until you finished it to listen to the And we podcast. don't even usually say that because... But this time it's so close to when it was released. And I think that's even more evidence that it's plot-driven. I want to get back to that and argue Fine. that it really is plot-driven. We can, but... Okay. And I'm, 
we, and there will be concessions. But here comes so, the, the, so here come the spoilers. This here child come the spoilers. ends up being Loki, who's whoa, one whoa, of. Whoa. I interrupted way too much. Go again. I'm sorry. So this child ends up being Loki. Right. The god of the trickster god. Well, you know Marvel movies, so now you know. Well, Loki. he's a trickster god, according to some of the mythology. I looked into this a little bit. Like, there's a dispute about his sort of uh, okay. his nature. In the original Balder myth, he kills Balder just for a larf. So that yes. seems pretty trickster. Yeah, but. I'm not disputing that. I think that this game willfully is like, yeah, we're not going to do that. He's going to be something else. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I do. I think all the signposts are there that Atreus is going to grow up and become Kratos a, another god that you have to kill. I think he's going to kill Kratos. I think it's like fathers and sons murdering each other as a cycle is the lesson of this trilogy. Possibly. But my point is they'll come into contention. Yes, definitely. Which means that there's still plenty of room for this kid who is depicted as very well-meaning for the most part. Although another thing I love about the storytelling is yeah. they show him have moments of like unchildlike bloodlust and shit. And yeah, I thought those that was were good. really impactful. And he um, becomes immediately arrogant and terrible when he finds out he's a god. Which, kind of so fast that it's funny. But that but is But you get kids. what they were going but for. But that is kids. He's okay. a child. And that's not... I thought the same thing. And you can go back and listen to the stream. And I'm like, that's pretty fast. But I thought about it some more. And I was like, you know what? Kids do have these strong, like bad instincts. You know, and Kratos, it was like the only good parenting he did this whole time was like kind of patiently let him work his way through that. Like, that's like the only good parenting he did. Well, he's like, you're a god and we hate gods. Right. And then he's like, yeah, we're gods. We can do anything. And he's like, no, no, no. See, that's the thing we hate about gods. Don't do, don't be that guy. Okay. But I guess I think, and I guess we should end speculating, but I think in the sequels, there's still plenty of room for that nice kid to grow into Loki, the trickster god. No, yeah. no question. Yeah. The, the, you will be in conflict with your son. That is coming. It yeah. has, that's the only reason to do this trilogy. So wait, I want to go back and make sure that I make this point. So this game changed what God of War was by making the following assumptions. One, that Kratos had a wife and child, and that, that child he knew that child would be a god, and he lies to this child about being a god because he is... A, because he's so opposed to the reality of gods that he thinks he can deceive his child and not reveal that this child is a god for long enough that maybe he can be good. Alternate That's hypothesis? Insane. It's not insane if you consider alternate hypothesis. This is a virile, aggressive man living in BC era. Okay. He has to, I mean, doesn't have to, but he wants to have sex sometimes. And there's no such thing as birth control because it's BC and that so stands accidentally for had a kid. before birth control. Sure. And he had a kid. Why didn't yeah, he kill like, the kid? Huh? Why didn't he kill the kid? Knowing that it was a god, why didn't because he Because that's literally something Zeus did, and he doesn't want to be his father. That's the whole thing. How the, the hell can he make that kind of delineation I morally? guess Kronos did that, but still, the point stands. He doesn't want to be one of those gods that's a But dick. he is that god. He murdered how many fucking other gods? Like, that's the thing about trying to take this story seriously, is that when you start doing that, this whole thing really <sighs> gets pulled apart very quickly. I don't think so, because... By the end, there are scenes where Kratos is saying to him, you have to be better than I am. Sure. So he That's recognizes he the duality. Sure. Right. So as you know, in a character arc, it's totally, you can't call it hypocrisy or weakness or a flaw. If they start somewhere, you got to look at the ending to know what the author's intended message was. But you, and but- at the end, Kratos is saying shit like, I always knew you were a god, but I thought maybe gods don't have to be this way. Maybe you could grow up and be better than me. Can't you retroactively assume that that's always what he was thinking in the back of his mind? 
No, because again, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling no. you why. No, seriously, <laughs> because we made this person into a different being between games. That is what I'm getting at. I agree, and is I'm that, saying, and I'm so like, no, it's an I don't. Improvement, so that's good. I don't. I okay. Yes, if I didn't care, I value about, improvement over consistency. Fair enough, and that's a reasonable thing, and most people are going to agree with you. To me. Making this game series take itself seriously means it's no longer the same game series to me. Like, this game is no longer God of War. We called it that because it's the same characters, but it's something totally different. Do you think the fact that there's a big gap between three and four in terms of time of release? Sure. The graphics look remarkably different. They and do. It's on the next generation. Different cameras, the whole Gives thing. them any leeway? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Because that was enough for me to be like, this counts as a reboot. So, for example, I didn't get mad when Christopher Nolan changed the way. I'm totally. Like, Why isn't he acting like Michael Keaton Batman? Because this is a whole different project using the same totally. story. Like it's the same as Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, as comparing that to Wind all Waker. the Zeldas that came before right. it. I so agree does that with not that. convince you, or no, is there another aspect I'm overlooking that you're like, but but nevertheless, no, no. It, it, I just think that I think there's something disingenuous about thinking of this game as being in the same series because it really isn't like it, it isn't in any way. Like, I don't think even narratively other than you inherit the backstory. And he looks not. like the character from right, the right. thing. But and it's, his name but it's is a the different same. actor and it's a different like, like world. It's a yeah. different again, yeah, yeah. camera so, like, distance, a different weapon. <laughs> right. So what we really have here is like a new game a that's sort of based on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. So can we let's. I think that's a dead end in the sense of that. Yeah, we agree. Our times better serve moving on sure. and being like, okay, let's call it a reboot then. What do sure. you think of this one as a standalone? As a standalone, I think that it was not, the camera, believe it or not, being so close made it less fun as a hack and slash. And the things that the original God of War delivered, they didn't deliver this time. Like, it wasn't the bloodletting, like, like again, orgiastic, cartoonish game. 55 hit combo. Right. You don't have that in this game. Like you're killing, again, the same fucking troll 85 times or the same like, you know, six or seven enemies, the same, like basically. Whereas, you like, didn't in the feel that way games, about one, two, three? Those the, goddamn goat guys with the spears. Sure. I was like, how many fucking things are these are there? I thought they were boring too, but right. I've always thought God of War was kind of a flawed series. Like this game reduced the, the scope and the size of the action. And I think that was to match tone, but also so that it, he probably admitting that they have some filler in their yeah. fighting system. Also, and but I think that's like well now this. I also game, think they reached so far with graphics it probably limited how much they could put in. Like you know what I mean? That might be true. We're still in the we're at the end of the beginning of this generation. I'm sure God of War Five will start the buzz by saying like the world map's four times bigger than God of War Four <laughs> right. was. You know, uh, to me it's like no, just give me gigantic uh, monsters to kill. Then you gotta, you know? we gotta cover Shadow of the Colossus. I didn't, man. I've never disputed that we can cover that, so that's fine. It's literally like all killer, no filler. What if there was a game where you fought 12 giant monsters? <laughs> right. So the reason that I'm still arguing with you, even though we agreed on this being a reboot, is that I still wanted the thing that God of War does, like the itch that it scratches. I wanted that scratched here, and it didn't. It didn't scratch that itch anymore. It's scratching a different thing, which is like kind of a Last of Us y set in a, in a Norse mythology world and that's fine, but it's not the bloodlet, like the bloodletting screaming at the heavens thing that like, that's what God of War was for. And now it's not. I want to say this real quick. Cause then it, it resolves itself and there's nothing more to say. I think the point of the open world is to 
be able to have time periods where Mimir is explaining mythology to you. Sure. And I actually found, unlike most, 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 most open world games, I looked forward to getting in the boat because I was going to hear a new fable from Mimir, and I like fables. Yeah. Um, Just like in Red Dead Redemption, when you take the horse ride, Sometimes those are actually more fun than the mission. You actually care yeah. what, right? She's and and that say. is cool here. Like I agree with that. Yeah. So you think Norse mythology is more interesting than Greek mythology? Uh, very slightly. Okay. I think Greek is in, is very fertile and great material totally. for a game too. I see. I think that's also a problem with this game. That I don't. I, I'm not saying people don't care about Norse mythology, but there's basically only three gods that I think everybody can name from Norse mythology, and they are Loki, Thor, and Odin. Okay. The rest of the gods is like, maybe you know this person, maybe you don't. Sure. None of those people are in this game. Statues of Thor. Yeah, but that's stupid. Okay, let me... You know, like... That's my main complaint with the game, is it's a setup for a next game that will be much better. Um, That will probably be very, very similar, but much better. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with the lack of enemy variety, although I thought that was a problem in the old games. The puzzles in God of War as a whole are not engaging enough. They should be better than they are. You're trying to find the puzzle piece, not figure out the puzzle. Right. That's you wander around, and as you, soon as you see the hole that the winds of the gods go in, you go, there it fucking is, and right. you put it in there, and you're done. Or it's a timing thing, like, oh, I got to time this at a certain at a certain. But point. it doesn't flex your brain that much. No. The hardest, the most time I ever spent on a puzzle was in a room that was just so large that I couldn't find the fucking where I was supposed yep. to go next. That's so that's another <laughs> great point is that God of War is all about this like titanic size and what that does is like oftentimes you don't really understand the whole thing that you're accomplishing so you don't feel connected to it. So like a lot well, of these like levers to- and switches, mm. you know, you're flipping this switch or you're moving this thing and you don't really see what the result's going to be. So then when it happens, because it's this gigantic thing that he's lifting up or whatever, you're like, oh, okay, so I guess that... Did made, that? Yeah. But what so did you, you want? You just it. said you wanted giant things. And that's I want to actually... fight giant things. Okay. I don't want to switch switches that change the whole room, the, the scope of which it's so big that I can't comprehend it spatially what it is. It rotates a giant block, right. and you can't clearly understand what that meant to yes. the puzzle. And that was a problem in this game. Agreed. But I really want to push back on the fighting giant things thing. Fair enough. Because... I think for a game that is this, frankly, in my opinion, disappointingly short, and as people have heard me say on this podcast time and sorry, time and again, I like short games. I don't think games need to be overly long, but this one felt you were surprised when it wrapped up that fast. I was at least, and I've seen other people saying that. Yeah, I think that's right. So given that short period of time, you get swallowed by the world dragon. Mm-hmm. You fight... That's about a five-minute sequence. Several giant dragons. You fight a giant dragon. No, you free and fight three different dragons. In the main story? No, I mean, you ha- they're quests that you have to choose Yeah, but to those do. are... But, uh, that's open-world stuff. So I, okay. And I, and I want to separate that from the main you quest. Cli- I think that maybe the coolest sequence of the game, not like most impactful, but you're just talking about cool factor. Right. You climb, you do a whole level that's under the body of that frozen giant. That was, I then that the giant best comes part. to life and you fight that giant. That's uh, a great payoff. Does it come to life? Yeah. He's the final boss. No, Freya pilots him, right? Is yeah. That, oh, I see. Which okay. I interpret Fair as, enough. Fair enough. you're right. Shorthand. He doesn't No, no, I'm just needed to get my brain around it. Um, and I think there's, I think I'm missing. Some, like, I felt like there were like six times I fought a giant thing. Am I wrong? You don't fight that giant. You just avoid it. I, 
Okay. That's, I know, I know, but like, but wait, so, but that's what God of War you did. Like, that's what it used to be. You know, right. Like, you climbed up on a thing and you fucking gouged its eye right. out in the most horrible way, which you stu- still do with the or- ogres and trolls. But I agree with you that they're more medium sized. They're it's not tamed giant. down. And they're too similar. Yes. Their attacks are very samey from one ogre to the other. Correct. I don't know. I just felt like the epic factor was there. And maybe that's because I'm into the story. But another thing I think they were trying to do, and I personally think it worked, is they thought to themselves, before what we had is a distant camera with a large space so that yes. we could show that the Hydra is giant. Right. And then you fight it and you're a tiny little guy. And do a quick time series and stuff. Right. right. But we don't really have the ability to travel out of this space. This is the boss space. In this, you have fights with Balder where they're like, yes, Balder's a normal-sized human, but... That was really cool. He's going to punch you so hard you fly through a mountain and the camera will follow you and then you'll be fighting on top of the mountain. Then you'll throw him all the way down into a valley and launch down and be fighting in a valley. That part was awesome. To me, that counterbalances... That is the same as fighting a giant thing. Like, it works as an action centerpiece. Like, that is... That particular part, which we get basically three times, is... The best thing about the game, like I think that's the best thing about fighting the, game. the brothers is too repetitive. You're right. That's that's my it's thing. It's breaking is that, my heart to admit that. Right. It, it, like everybody wants this of, game to be great. That's you, the thing. They want this game to be better than it really is. You fight both of Thor's brothers twice. Right. And they're Who both gives a fuck about them. Humanoid sized opponents whose names you've never heard with yeah. normal attacks. Right. It's very. And upsetting. the rest of the time, it's like troll with a fucking statue, like with a giant pillar. Like that's you know. And, and you there's gotta, that dragon one. But you do got to admit, the first time you do the thing, it's just as satisfying. Like, when you climb totally. up the troll and you realize your move is to bury your axe into the cement block and crush his head with it, you're like, that's, that's cool. That's cool. The 20th time, it's not so cool. But I remember that being a thing in all the other God of Wars. Like, after I killed the goat guy 10 times, I knew what I was going to see when I killed a goat guy or a hydra, but I did it anyway to progress through the game. I think that this is a, this reboot decided in every way to make him a little less godlike and a little more manlike like a little bit like yeah in every and and including his characterization is yes. more accessible and i don't think that's a i think that's a decision that some people are going to say is good i just didn't like it as much you know and i can sit here and shit on this game like i don't that's is the there thing anything is i don't want to pick on it is there anything like, that tugs at your heartstrings or that is compelling about the wanting to be a good father trope because no, it I certainly pulls me in. I liked that. Okay. That was a great decision. I just didn't think that that would ever happen from Kratos. And I just got to say, line to line, the script is well written. It is good. Like, it's yeah. well written. Yeah. Um, Except for, I think that it's really hard to digest the meaning behind, like, in a, in a plot sense, like, what you're doing and what you need to get done. Like essentially, the narrative of this game is like they 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 start right after the wife dies, and they need to release her ashes at the highest point in all of the Norse well, place. There, right? There's two female characters who figure largely in the game. Sure. One dies right before you press start. The right. other dies at the end of the game. Right. It's so, a very masculine series. <laughs> I thought Freya had a place that was she had not a place. entirely sexist. I thought no, she no, was, not yeah. at all. But I just still think we have a long way to go with like. Uh, if there's a woman, a really good place for her is to kill her so people will be sad. <laughs> sure. We rely, I, we lean on that heavily. That's fine. Uh, that's, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Um, Deadpool 2 disappointed me. I didn't way. see Deadpool 2. Moving yeah. on. Uh, 
Uh, I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, anyway, the narrative is just getting to that mountain, right? But you have to crisscross your path so much and go to all these different weird realms to get these relics you don't understand, like from places just you don't Just because you were get. told to. Right. So like, again, every step of this journey, and this is what I, this is what I mean when I say it's not plot driven, is basically like some objective you don't connect to and you just do it until fine. And like there are four or five moments that are actual narrative moments. And when you get those, they really, they really land the rest of the time. It's like, okay, I'm just going to see all this weird, crazy shit and do whatever they say it is and get this weird crystal or whatever. And you don't, that's a lot of great video games. Like that's not a death sentence to me. It's not a death sentence. And none of this is Skyrim is that, uh, Skyrim gives you it's much more manageable pieces and you understand what you're doing. I always understood what I was doing in this game. I did not. I admit that the artifacts have that classic thing where you're like, well, that artifact just leads to another artifact. Mm-hmm. But I understood what it was. Like, I understood who Tyr is, what he did with the room, and why we needed the eye, the second eye from Amir in order to focus the beam from Yggdrasil to make the right, door open. But again, a that thing... That all made... Like, I sure. followed it. But a, but they're all... It felt superfluous. N- exactly. It felt superfluous. But you said you weren't following... I fought... You were saying that it's... Conf- like, you were Sometimes it's confusing, why. and sometimes it's just because I don't care. I, I'm just... Okay. I'm being difficult on this game, and I get it. But I just like, want to point out... I just... I story is so important to me and it's so underrepresented in gaming. And I would argue that you're weighing, putting too much weight on your story because you're playing as Kratos. I consider the a plot of this, the, the Freya Balder myth. That's definitely not the a plot. And the B I consider the B plot, your story with your son. It's reversed. I just disagree and we'll just have to disagree. But I guess I, the way my argue, my evidence for that. Sure. Is that, the there are more there are more events in sequence in the myth more more change happens in the Freya Balder myth even if you obviously of course spend more time with Kratos because you are Kratos right if you cut all all the time you're just a shot of Kratos's back walking around solving things if you put together all the scenes where there's plot there's more plot scenes about Freya and Balder than there are about Kratos and Atreus. And alone. I think what you're Atreus. doing, what you're doing, is not proving that it's the A story. You're proving that it's not as good a story as you thought it was. Well, what I'm if you're playing as Kratos so. and it's not his story, what the fuck are we doing right now? That's then what's the point of To Kill a Mockingbird? The main character need not always be the character who's describing the events. There can be a difference between the identity character but it and is, the character who affects the world. Fair enough, but this isn't. There's a lot of. He's not just an observer. He's the active participant that's driving the plot. True. Like he's not scout. I guess my point is I'm open to any kind of story structure. So it's fine to me to have a story structure where you're a big dumb hammer. Sure. So you're the thing that changes things because you crush things when you come up against them. Right. But that is an, that is a vessel through which the creators are navigating people through a great Norse myth that they know you probably don't know because Norse myths are more obscure. Um, and I think the Balder myth but and they tweak the details is especially great. And the reason I think it's the A story is because I believe that it precedes what will ultimately become Kratos's real story because the Balder myth is about a mother wanting to protect her son and it backfiring to the point where she is in a position where she is more in mortal danger of being killed by her own son. And then 
without her making the decision, someone kills her son to save her, and then she hates that person, and it's you, Kratos. You kill right. her. He's a final but boss. You, but we can all see how that's just there to mirror the dynamic between. And I'm saying uh, literally, Kratos and, and Loki. Yes, and literally. Having a story, who cares which one's A and which one's yeah, B? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Having storylines that involve mirroring, that invite the yeah. play, is more sophisticated than the vast majority 100%. of video games. So I think the fact that there's a symbolic mirroring between Balder and Freya and you and Atreus is actually amazing storytelling for a video game. I think, well, uh, you have many times said that you're not willing to concede uh, just because the thing's a video game that it's better at storytelling than if it was in a movie. And in this case, I agree with everything you said, except for, I would also say that the, the actual steps of the narrative, meaning I go from X place to Y place were a lot more diffuse and meaningless than to the narrative than normally it is in any story, video game or otherwise. But you love breath of the wild and the steps you undertake literally don't even pretend to be anything other than, accumulating things until you have enough things. But Breath of the Wild is not a game where you are attempting to resolve the storyline in the same way. Breath of the Wild is a go out and explore. Like so that's you believe, what that game is. You believe that like that's you're not out there to explore and go But I didn't war. know they had to match up. Like you're saying they have to be evenly yoked if you have the story at a certain level of adult sophistication the exploration has to match that? No, I'm just saying that I expect different things from that game because of what it is. It's a different game. Okay. Like, it, like, I don't expect all stories to be equally sophisticated or to work in the same way. God of War is literally a hack and slasher while you get from plot point to plot point. Like, that's what it is. Same mm-hmm. as Last of Us. Last of Us is, is a puzzle slash hack and slasher until you get from narrative point to narrative puzzle point. Puzzle stealth, yeah. Right, and we said during that podcast that we wish there was less of it. And I honestly, I would say the same of God of War. I would, I would say narratively, I wish there was less of this game or that there was more meaningful story or that all the steps that I was taking were as emotionally involved as the steps I was taking in Last of Us. Were. Well, this is just going to be a contentious episode because I agree about the very last point, which is, sorry, I forget what order you said. That. Oh, yes, the intermediate steps sometimes seem to lack potency in terms of classic screenwriting rule is there for like you should be doing something because of what happened in the last scene that's not this that's you're not collecting this. 12 artifacts because when you collect 12 artifacts you can open a door that will that will show you the next chunk of story exactly i which makes it feel arbitrary so we agree on that i agree with that and then completely disagree with the other two points which is i do think the story you said it wasn't impactful or didn't feel meaningful i felt the story was incredibly meaningful and impactful far more than any other god of war title totally um it is that and i wish that the game was much much longer not because the story was meaningful i agree with you that meandering around is technically filler if you look at it from the story perspective but the thing i want on the record because i think a lot of people will agree with me is the fighting's fucking awesome, and it feels amazing to do, huh. and it's really engaging, and the loop is just addictive as hell. Wow, see, now- my- I completed all the mist trials and all the fire trials, and I killed every Valkyrie, yeah. and I was like, there's not more shit to fight? I need more shit. Yeah. Throwing the axe is so fucking fun. It, it, re- getting the axe back with your magic yes. hand is really cool. Summoning the axe back- Yeah, that's cool. 
Like the silver goddamn surfer makes the game to me. I, you know what? I think, um, I, and this might be where my bias is, and maybe this will allow everyone to dismiss everything I've said. I don't like the combat in this game that much. Um, it's not that I think it's bad. I, maybe I just don't like God of War that much, but like, I think it's good, but not amazing. Like when people are like, this is amazing. I'm like, no, I think it's fine. It's a hack and slasher. It's, you know, like we've seen the thousands of these, like there's so many of them. And this one is better than almost everyone I can think of. It's just not my favorite thing. You know, there's no, it's not better or worse than a first person shooter going out and shooting a dude. I, Off I'll the top totally of your head, it. not going to ask you to like be consistent later. Sure. Name the, your favorite hack and slash when it like that comes to your mind when I ask you that <sighs> first. This is probably that. This is probably my favorite of that genre. Oh, and yet you don't like it that much. So yeah. it's a low genre on the Yeah, I don't like this genre that much. Yeah. See, because I am down for a repetitive Twitch loop like this. Like, I love Enter the Gungeon, which everyone knows at this point. Yeah. And I there's a new one on the Switch that's basically an Enter the Gungeon clone called Wizard of Legend. And I'm just as addicted, even though it's exactly the same, man. I fucking love it. I mean, I used to like them when they were 2D games. Like, uh, well, those are 2D games, but but um, but like, uh, but they weren't overhead games. They were like, um, like Double Dragon and stuff. Castlevania, like that. yeah, Street Final Rage. Fight, sure. Those are. Did you ever play Pit Fighter? I mean, years. And it years was Genesis, ago. so probably not. Those games are certainly less interesting versions of God of War, but that's basically what they are: is like beat up all the bad guys until the next thing happens. Know, yeah, can. But certainly you would grant the story is more ambitious and well executed than man. Streets of Rage. I'm not, I'm not a fucking yeah, dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. This is, this is, well, I feel this like, is way better than most games like that. Way better. Right, right, right. Way, we, way, way better. But, you know, we're judging it harshly. It's a triple A. Yeah. $100 million. I'm judging it, it harshly so. in part because I always react this way to hyperbolic praise. And this game got just slathered in praise. It came at a time when there yeah. was not a lot of contenders also. Correct. It's like a movie landing on the perfect weekend. Like there was nothing much to talk about when this came out, but this, um, but I did want to ask, cause I think it's not always a priority in all games. Um, but we've talked about the systems and the story. We haven't really talked about the aesthetics. Yeah. Is it not? And how much does this matter or not matter to you? Is it not goddamn beautiful? It's the best looking game I think I've ever seen. It's like there are contenders to me, that with it, like I think Horizon Zero Dawn is in that conversation. Destiny Two is in that conversation. I think Destiny Two is in that conversation. Yeah. Um, and also, all those games kind of share a similar, really bright, saturated color palette. I love the video games are yeah. rebelling from the trend in film and really using the 4K to be like bright colors. Well, it you looks know why? Great to me, you know why? It's because of high dynamic range. Yeah, explain it to the people. So for like, so right now, if you were going to buy a television, there'd be two things that it would be you would have to have. One is 4K, meaning that it would be a 4,000 pixel resolution. And the other is HDR, high dynamic range, which is basically saying that it gets more color. Like it has more saturated and range of color than TVs have before. Yeah. So games are playing to that by creating these like massively palleted gameplays, like things like God of War, so that when you get that HDR television, you plug that shit in, it's like, oh my God. And I got to say, and that's I great. love it. Yeah, it I works. Love it's like candy for my eyes. Totally. The brightness of it. I it would be so easy with God of War because he's grim and gritty to have washed it out, and I'm just yes. glad they didn't. Whether, Me too. Whether it was an artistic choice or they're just making a technology like proof of concept, I don't give a shit. The result is this game is beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I also think that it has a that it gives it a sort of more mythological feeling because, like, sometimes like there's a way to do the past 
In fact, Noah, the movie by uh, Darren Aronofsky, is kind of like this. Which I think is uh, pretty underrated. I, I agree. Like I kind of liked it. Um, There's a shot in that that fucking haunts me. To actually show the toll of everyone dying in the flood. Yeah. Which he shows only very briefly. Yeah. But there's one, do you know the one I'm talking about? A pretty wide, it looks like almost a Renaissance painting. It really does. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Of an ocean washing over just a tiny projection of rock and naked people wailing on the rock because they're going to get washed off. I have fucking nightmares that are just that shot. Yeah. It's deeply haunting <laughs> also and like this is a controversial thing but it's kind of true noah is one of the most faithful biblical adaptations of that story uh which he didn't pe- pull those rock monsters out of his ass people well he he decided what the word nephilim means but anyway. it's an inter- but it's, yeah, an interpretation it's an interpretation of something that was totally. there totally. I, I know a lot of people were like he just marveled it up with all this random shit and i'm like no he didn't he, he made up a, <laughs> he made up an interpretation of it right. but he used the text yeah. anyway uh <laughs> noah has that same sort of like ancient magic feeling yep and I thought that it was welcome here, especially as a contrast to the Greek, uh, you know, the, the sort of more frag- fragmented and segmented portions of the Greek mythology that we've yeah. seen in the previous Gods of War. It was nice. Yeah. And I just think they picked, of all the myths you could pick, it's a great one. Um, it's inherently compelling to be Baldur's plight, that he uh, is immortal, but his method of immortality means he feels nothing. He can never feel emotions or pain or pleasure he was a really good bad guy yeah because multi-dimensional yeah i mean he also had although like, it doesn't excuse like you're like you don't need to fucking rip your mom's head off dude relax but well but he had like sort of like he i think he was well realized he I felt agree. like a real being you yeah. know like and i liked the tattoos and i just think he was i like i think this was a good decision you know the, th- the one beat i i do think the last the two beats that didn't feel earned as they were washing over me was how quickly Atreus becomes arrogant. And then, right. and then if he was going to be that arrogant that quickly, it was funny how quickly then he just had to like shake him by the shoulders once and be like, don't be a dick. And he was like, okay. And then he immediately went back to being a really likable kid. I was like, that was weirdly sudden. But I also thought, but this is the way of myths. Some myths are like this. I don't see how I get everyone loves their kids. I don't see how Freya can't see that they had to do that. Like they had to kill Balder. I mean, it wasn't, she doesn't need to bear them ill will. I just feel like they need her to be the villain. So she's going to be, it reminded me of Dr. Strange where Chiwetela Giafor, all his points at the end are basically at the same time. It's a scene where they're foreshadowing that he's obviously going to be the villain and number two. And at the same time, everything he says is right. And Dr. Strange is right. a dick. Right. So you're like, why is this half unfolding this way? What do you think the average age of the game of the gamer who plays God of war four is? What do you it, just guessing? What do you think that age is? I'd go as high as 26. Cause I do think, or I, I'm guessing you're going to think it's low because it's masculine and infantile, which it is Yeah, in a lot of regards. That franchise certainly is. But I do think it's become a big enough franchise that it's a staple of gaming. So older gamers probably play it too just because it's God of War and you right. play it. So I, I would say it's a little younger because sure. it has a reputation that it's also dragging. Like Gore it's also, fest. Yeah. And because of that, I think they don't have and to And usually work. a sex scene, although not this time. I thought that was an interesting omission. Yeah. Uh, I think that they, that's why they decided to make that beat what it is, where the, where the wife can't, or Freya can't forgive you. Because as a gamer, you don't identify with the father or mother feelings. You identify with the child's feelings. And that's how this narrative plays, which means as the child who's playing this game, 
you think like, well, nobody would ever forgive somebody if they killed me. Or if someone killed my me, parents how would much never my forgive. mom care? Exactly. Yeah. That's why that beat works. Interesting, because as an yeah. older person, I totally am compelled way more me by too. the concept of, God, that's so true. And on such an epic scale, every parent just wants to protect their child. Right. And that's that's her flaws. She did it too much. That's compelling to me. Yeah. I thought yeah. they... <laughs> I, I really thought Freya and Kratos's like parental instincts were all pretty interesting and they made sense and they weren't uh they weren't entirely insane other than yeah. the things I've already said about Kratos before. Um I also just want to say I realized why I was harping on this earlier. So I was harping on this thing not being the same as God of War 3 because to me God of War used to be pornography. Like that's what it used to be, which means it's built for a certain intention and then it decided it wasn't. Well, it's decided you know, that it made enough money that it better right. take itself seriously and right. be a real game. And to me, it's that's like, a major well, then it's no longer pornography. You know what I mean? No, so, I don't think God of War 4 is. I think that's right. why they sat down and went like, it would be fucking weird if you pressed O to have sex with Aphrodite in this right. one. Yeah. Right. It, it, they decided yeah. that they, yeah. And I guess I should be open to that being okay. And I, it was certainly a welcome change because I would not have bought God of War 4 if it hadn't been this change. You know, because I if don't you like saw God the of trailer War. And it looked like three again, but I wouldn't have but, bought it. Yeah, 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 I yeah. wouldn't have played it. Yeah, because um, I don't need it. You know, right. it's not for me. But I also think that once I did buy it, I sort of expected it to be something that it wasn't. Sure, which is interesting. You know. Anyway, I like the two little uh, Goblin Smith characters too, which mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned. But we the should one probably, that gets sick uh, all the time is uh, is a, a real yeah. a real bummer. You know. Yeah, yeah, I like the blue one a lot better. Yeah, You're he's right. better. Brock, I think is Brock. his name. Yeah. Samson. Yeah, oh, that show's coming back soon. Thank God. <laughs> All right. Final how, checkpoint. How unforgivable nope, is game it? Game off. That was the checkpoint. No, I'm still. How okay, unf- dribble how, it out. How unforgivable is it to you that you can't fast travel until after the plot is over in this game? Since you hate that in Grand Theft Auto, how unforgivable is it in this game? Fine with me because, again, in Grand Theft Auto, the things you're looking at are not fantastical, mythical, beautiful things. They, okay. It literally looks like L.A., which I see out my window as okay. I'm playing. Fair enough. And I would much rather hear a Norse myth described to me while I'm traveling. That's fair. Than hear an 80s song I've heard already many times in the game before. I think that this... And Mimir, in my game at least, never repeated himself once, which is quite a feat of writing. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of interesting stories to tell, yeah. and he's a fun character. It was he, weird that he was Scottish. I thought it was weird that you uh, have to hang him right by your butthole. <laughs> That's just got to suck for him. If I don't know if God's fart, but if you fart, Mimir is getting it. You never right see in him the eat. Neck hole. He doesn't eat. Does yeah. Kratos eat? No, but neither does Jack Bauer. You never know if that counts. You know what I mean? Good point. All right. Well, let's, Keep or delete? Well, no, no, no. Right? Or no, we have, you to have, fall, we have to kill ourselves so we can reload at the checkpoint. <laughs> Body slumped to the floor. <laughs> checkpoint. All right. We've reached our final segment. Keep or delete? I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated, 
we're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with... What? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in season three? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events... Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like actress and director Cheryl Hines. They were looking for an unknown actress. <laughs> Right. <laughs> to play Larry David's wife. I said, well, how old is that guy? Isn't he old? <laughs> <laughs> and author David Sedaris. You know, like when you meet somebody and they'll say, well, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. And I say, well, is it all you care about? Because if it's not, it's going to be pretty hard for you. If you're not on fire, it's like opening the door of an oven. And it's like, wow, you know, you take a step back it's all they think about. It's all they talk about. It's all they care about. They don't have relationships. They're not good friends for other people. This is just what they're all their energy focused goes. on. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll go first this time, and I'll keep it short. I was going to say keep. Thanks to your input, I'm going to say delete. Mm. And here's why. This game should be exactly as it is without the false promise of the three realms you can't access. Right. Because I wouldn't have thought it was too short if the game hadn't given me that menu at the beginning that made me think those were accessible. And then B, omit all puzzles. You should just go from place to place and fight stuff. I I still like hunting for... I like the look around stuff that encourages you to soak in how beautiful the world is. So I would leave like Odin's Ravens. I would leave the puzzles where there's Nirnor chests that you can open by finding the crest. But all the actual puzzles where you spend 15 minutes in a room moving shit around with levers, I don't need it at all, I realized. Any of it. Do you... uh, So if you consider Diablo a hack and slash game, which you could... I do, because I played it on console. It feels more hack and slash when you're not clicking on stuff. Right. Uh, Okay, so I can't keep God of War 4 after that case I made, even though 
I was trying to think of a game of this genre that does belong, and I think it's Diablo. I think I think there's one a, or two, or as a franchise. Uh, I think I'd say two. Um, if somebody was like, "Dude, you got to have a God of War," this is the one. There's no doubt about so that. So far, they might make yeah. a better one though. Um, I thought this was pretty good, and I like it. Was a really ballsy choice, and I sh- I have not communicated with all my arguments that I admired that yet, and I do, I do admire it. Um, I just think it would, yeah. I just think it'd be the same as like, you know, suddenly we have like this long winded Playboy movie that I don't want to see. It's like I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't need that. Uh, Do you ever get into the Leisure Suit Larry games? No, (laughs) I did not. I'm sure I missed out. Uh, So one of the greatest games this year, according to reviewers, AAA game that thousands of people literally worked on, spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Eh, we'd both pass. Well, let me ask you this. Would you, <laughs> is there a Dark Souls game or a Bloodborne? Would you keep one of those? It's just like you with this. You hate I that. can recognize the craft. Yeah. I fucking hate all games like that. Where they go yeah. like, you know what's fun about this game, dude? You have to be so fucking good at it, dude. You're going to die so much. Yep. That's not the experience I do this for. That's stupid. I genuinely liked <laughs> Bloodborne much more than this game. Uh, which I know. I I, I I would say I'm in the vast minority that way, but I genuinely preferred it. Hardcore gamers really consider it a plume in their cap to love Dark Souls and Bloodborne because it says, it's basically saying subtext, I've put a lot of hours into video games. You yeah, know congratulations. I, I, like, I, don't, I don't care about that. I care about what I actually enjoy. And I, I'm not going to say I didn't have fun with God of War. I'm going to say that the fun was significantly less than the hyperbole, like way less. You know, um, and I'm also, I think we're living in a culture right now where people want to be super pumped about something and not just because of politics, just in general, like Mm -hmm. we want to get hyped about something. So we inflate things that are pretty good to being amazing and they're not amazing. They're pretty good. You know, the word genius has become overused in a similar, I mean, that's, and that's been true for 10 years, but like it's the same people that said like infinity war is like one of the four best like superhero movies. No, it's not. It's just the latest one. You want to be pumped on a superhero movie. Come on, man. It just you know? has the most of them in it. That's right. all. <laughs> and, a, and, an, and an interesting Gambit. Anyway, I don't want to get off. Gambit's not in it. Sony still owns mm, Gambit. Look at those cards. I wish you had those cards. Just nuking an ace of spades at you. Love that shit. I think they are making a solo Gambit movie. Yeah, he's got to have one. Yeah, he's, he's like French and plays cards. He's the best. Yeah. Does he have a bow? Love him. That's that, Mona Me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Peace out, Mon Frere. Yeah. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yes. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with... 
what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in season three? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translate is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line at 678-561-2785. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye! <laughs> 